0: Patrick stay We are the names you know. This is. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we
1: both know I can't do nothing at all.
0: All right, and we're back for another week of uh podcasting. I'm I'm just letting y'all know I have a very sexy voice because I getting over a cold that my kid brought home from from daycare. So, you know, if you uh worried about that, I just have a sexy cold. Uh we have the regular crew. Dan, Dan, how you doing?
1: Rocking out, uh brushing up on my Danish and uh you know, just
2: just counting down counting down the days until I can get vaccinated.
0: There you go. Uh MJ. MJ, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Speaking of Danish, I drove to Asco Minnesota this this weekend for the first time ever and uh, visited uh, a uh, northern Loon fan named Doreen.
1: Nice.
0: And brought me back four dozen, uh, four dozen eggs, which eggs. I which I very much appreciated and then realized I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with four dozen eggs, but I'm going to do something with them.
1: Uh, Sounds like you're making a frittata at that- me.
2: Yeah. What'd you say, Dan? So it
1: sounds like you're making a frittata to me.
2: Yeah. I I told, I gave David several uh, uh, ideas when I handed them off. But uh, the important thing, David, is that they're farm fresh eggs. So you crack them into a bowl first. And then, you know, if they got a little red spot, they're fertilized and you do something else. With
0: yep. 100%. 100%. So. <laughs>
2: you're aware of that good yes I, I, am. I am
0: very much aware of that thanks mj i, um, I
1: actually was not so that's a i'm i'm you, one of today's 10, If you
0: if you want half a dozen if you want a dozen eggs let me know I'll, i will uh, drop them off at your house at some <laughs> point here next weekend uh so uh uh yeah so we always have the patreon um guys it's it's we're getting really close we we literally the hop clouds just brewed the imperial red rye uh beer um, they haven't announced the name of it yet. Uh, I just talked to Christian today. He's, he's mowing a couple things over and I think it's going to be amazing. If you are not a Patreon of the podcast, why don't, why the fuck are you not? $3 a month, um, gets you some beer, patreon.com slash Dave's. I know to help support the Dave's that, you know, and then we are, I'm working with Eric to try and figure out when the, uh, Minnesota football show, guys and gals can come on to like actually do a proper ranking of uh of the leagues around the world and that will be a a only uh podcast as well so please join the podcast patreon.com slash the daves you know to help support the daves that you know uh daves i know to help support the daves that you know and then if you are a supporter of, of hop clouds um they're hop clouds century town wanders jerseys from podium where uh it's 60 bucks. It's ending on Monday. Uh this coming Monday. So uh go to the hop clouds at hop clouds on Twitter to find the link to uh buy the jersey. And uh you can customize it, whatever you want. You can put out you can put out T D I K M N sixty nine as your number if you want. You could put uh Dave's the Dave's I know sixty nine. Um Dave's sixty nine if you want. I don't know. You can put whatever the fuck you want. On the the hop clouds,
2: yeah, you a jersey.
0: Yeah, just you can make a jersey that says Dave sixty nine on it, and that'd be fucking awesome. Take a picture and send it to me. I will give you. I will give you a free uh uh, uh a out stout if you if someone goes and spends sixty bucks to buy uh hop clouds such your town wanderer's jersey that says Dave's sixty nine on the back, and wears it out to an event. I will give you a uh, a free. Heath out stout beer. How's yeah, if you that? Sound?
2: Buy that kit. Do you get beer with it too? Is you it? do.
0: You get a crawler from uh, Sisyphus. So like, even that, better.
2: It is a recipe by Hot Clubs.
0: It is indeed. It is indeed. So all right, gentlemen, we have a lot of beer. We have a lot of beer. We have a lot of things to talk about, uh, specifically with Minnesota United. So um, since we last chatted, Minnesota United announced and MLS actually uh, announced the schedule or the home openers for teams. So home opener for Minnesota is on April 24th against RSL uh, here. Um, good luck finding it on any uh, non-cable uh, service. However, the season opener is on April 16th against Seattle at 930 on FS1. So anybody can watch that one. Um, Dan, I feel like you have thoughts on uh, opening up against Seattle. Uh, Yeah. Jordan Morris is not going to be part of the part of the the squad.
1: Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris will not be part of the squad. Uh, Neither will
0: Miguel Barra. Probably
1: uh, right. uh, Last spotted training with uh, San Diego loyal, although they had said that they had not signed him. So that's, I think he's,
0: I still think he's going to Austin FC, but that's just me.
1: Wouldn't be the worst fit in the world. I would love to see him with San Diego. Um, not that I don't think he's an MLS quality player, but just the fit with him and Landon Donovan would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, like my, my initial impression was one, I was not surprised. This is something leagues love to do, uh, you know, replay the championship game or the, the really contested final semifinal, however you want to say it. Um, so I'm not super surprised, but honestly, I think this is a little bit of a break for the loons, um. Seattle will not be at full stretch. They are a team that has struggled in the first part of seasons before. So I, as bummed as I was
2: initially, I think this is actually a pretty good draw.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um,
2: I think it's way better than Portland opening at Portland. They're always ready to go season starters. I mean, that is true. Um,
0: So part of this, uh, we have Minnesota United actually has two players called up into the Olympic camp rosters. And we'll talk a little bit about the Olympics a little bit more uh, in, later in the podcast, but Calum Montgomery called into Canada's team. Uh, Hassani Dotson called into the U S national team. I, I would expect Hassani Dotson maybe gets a starter two in, in the group stages. I'm not, I'm not sure about Calum Montgomery. The big, I think the big one that we, we kind of expected, but we did not see is Dane Sinclair not called up into the Canadian, uh, Olympic national team, which I mean, kind of leads me to believe that he's maybe going to get a call up to the senior team for their, the senior, uh, uh, friendlies at at the end of March.
1: And that's certainly what we heard from Adrian Heath too. When the U 23 roster came out, I mean, he said point blank, they were surprised to see Dane not on it. Every, uh, piece of info they'd gotten from the Canadian coaches was extremely positive. They were very complimentary. So, uh, I, I think that's right. I think the, the only reason Dane St. Clair isn't on the U 23s is that he'll, uh, he'll get a senior call up for the either at friendlies end of March or uh, beginning of world cup qualifying, having uh having all this qualifying compressed into one year is breaking my brain.
0: It, yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, MJ, do you have any thoughts?
2: Looks like uh, Matthew Nogueira, age 22, who plays at um, Maritimo in Portugal, and Sebastian Breza, age 23, who plays goalkeeper at Bologna, would be above him on the depth chart for the U23s.
0: I, I I think th- this means that Dane Sinclair is is like above them, on the the U twenty three chart, buddy. I, I I don't think yeah. You know okay. I think I think I think he gets so the, the he's a known quantity. In March, so in March, uh, the the Canadian team is not playing friendlies. They're they're playing actual like World Cup qualifiers, and it would this would mean to me that Dan Sinclair is getting a World Cup qualifier run out. Right. They're playing. uh Now I'm blanking on who the fuck they're playing. They're, they're playing world cup qualifying matches in March. So my guess is that Dane St. Clair and yeah. Maxine Capot are probably going to get one match each for world cup qualifying. So yeah. I I think he's, he's well above the U 23 roster then at this point. So good for him. Yeah.
1: The one player I was surprised to see not on the U 23s for Olympic qualifying was uh, Thomas Hassall. Who played so well at the MLS's back tournament last year? Yeah, he's just 19. He's still with the, the U20s, so this isn't some like big condemnation of his development. But I, I would be a little surprised if either of the the two European-based keepers that uh, that you named MJ were ahead of Hassel at this point. Okay, but I, I don't know. I got to admit, I don't pay gobs of attention to the Portuguese leagues.
0: There you go. All right, moving move, moving on. To uh, uh again more Minnesota Uniteds. They uh, they finally they released Sam Gliedel. Um Kind of a lot of people speculated this was trying to release an international spots. Sam Gleedle actually has a green card, so uh, this is basically just get, letting Sam Gleedle go back and play in the USL. That's probably what we we're all expecting, right?
1: I mean, probably um, hard to say. Um, I, I, I assume that's where Gleadle headed. I mean, obviously he played for Reno last year and played well there. Uh, Reno doesn't exist in anymore unfortunately yeah. so it's not that he can just go back to his old club but um i don't know in the, the chatter about this on twitter uh bridget McDowell seemed to nose towards the fact that this was not about the international spot because you're right he has the green card but it was about clearing a space in the midfield so um uh-huh. could just be part of it you know the, the the first move in a series of moves i mean tis the season but yeah there's no direct reason for this to happen when it happened
2: that is true yeah ruder pointed out that as someone who can play multiple positions on the left-hand side that you know left midfielder left back uh defensive mid kind of in that region you know it, it seems like a weird move when you have someone who come off the bench and and provide multiple depth at those positions but to Dan's point, it has to be because they're trying to fill a roster. space.
0: And then, uh, so we're just kind of going in order here, everybody, if you haven't figured that out yet uh, teams and the team announced, um, or they, they put out a, a, an email about fans back in attendance. Um, As always, season ticket members will have the first opportunity to secure tickets to home games. Should they become available? If MNUFC does host games with limit capacities, Season ticket, season ticket members will have the option to apply a portion of the balance paid toward 2021 season tickets memberships to a ticket purchase, and then, if and when games are played with limited capacity at Allianz Field, season ticket location cannot be guaranteed. Uh, They put that out about two days before the governor announced that All oh, the is going to be uh, actually going to be able to host field people at at. Uh, alliance um 25 capacity plus the 250 or whatever so it's probably going to get them to f- between 4,500 and 5,000 ish or so people um they have not the team has not put out anything since then about what their plans are for hosting people at the stadium i know the twins have i know the saint paul saints have um And I'll just, I'll leave it to to Dan. I'll start with you, Dan. Um, I know it's, I know, I know you're, you're, and I, and honestly, as someone who has had conversations with people from the St. Paul Saints about this, I'm, I'm also a little frustrated. Like you're very frustrated as well.
1: Yeah. Like this is mostly just annoying to me. I mean, this isn't a meaningful complaint, but you're right. The the twins within what an hour to at most of the governor's press conference had their statement out. We're going to host 10,000 fans. We're going to get you information on how that's going to happen. We're really looking forward to this. The Saints, same day, we're hosting, Was it, 3,000 at CHS, something like that?
0: 2,100.
1: 2,100. Oh, 3,000 for the Timberwolves and Wild, who also had emails and statements out right away. It just <laughs> It's mostly just annoying to me that all of these other teams had their ducks completely in a row, and the Loons just didn't. And I don't know if that's because they're still working with MDH, trying to figure out how to deal with the Wonderwall capacity. That could be part of it. They may be trying to figure out. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here. It's just, look, when four other professional teams, some of whom start after you, Put out their statements it looks a little Bush league not to at least have Something to give your fans You know we're we're excited to host 4,500 fans we're excited to Host 5,000 fans just that One little piece of certainty I think would have gone A long way instead We're sitting here going Well they're probably going to host About this Many like uh, I Talked to Dr. Zach Binney who we had on the podcast Previously about coming on um, And then just kind of kept pushing it off because i kept waiting for the team to have a more definitive statement so that we could actually like talk about this with some specifics and yeah. ne- never got it so you know once we get that we'll have zach on and and he'll tell us whether this is a good idea or a bad idea or you know somewhere in between is the, the usual answer but yeah it's just frustrating it's just kind of one of those things where it was like oh I, I don't care i just want the team to do better
0: i think that's that's actually that's kind of the point it's like yeah, it's, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be 100% what I want to do, but at least fucking say something, right? Just fucking say something and say, and I like the idea that when they when they, when they put out with their, like, oh, the, the season ticket owners are going to be the first ones to have tickets, access tickets, but it's like we're going to do a lottery and then, like if you are not in that lottery the first time you're going to be in that lottery again, like we're not going to do a lottery until we get everybody who is, and then what is like, what does that lottery mean? Like, Oh, if you, if you're, if you're not comfortable going in the first phase of games, we'll push you to the second phase of games or whatever. Um, They, they literally said almost absolutely nothing. I think that's again, Dan, to your point, they said basically fucking nothing, which is the most frustrating part. So
2: I'm just frustrated that the PR team, once again, had a chance to put out something solid, knowing that the governor was gonna come out with 50%, 25% or something in that neighborhood. And then you have your press releases ready to go. Hey, if option A, we roll this out. If option B, we roll this out. If option C, we roll this out. If it's none of those things, here's a generic template that we can copy and paste some things into. And they Minnesota United has just shown again from a PR communication standpoint, they're it's not that they're bad. Like I read this press statement, and there's a lot of good things in here. I mean the thing about it's a little complex, but like this decision provides the necessary guidance to determine how to safely bring back fans to Allianz field at a safe and social distance capacity. That's not a bad statement um and they spend a paragraph talking about fan safety when maybe other professional sports teams would not would just be rah 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 fans back so i like that aspect of it but it's just we've seen it from time to time again that the team just isn't that organized and if anything that's kind of the you know if i'm handing out mls minnesota sports organization report cards you know it's just like okay you, you get a grade for for you know new player recruitment you get a grade for current player development you get a you know a grade on your stadium and and they just keep fucking up this sort of you get a grade on how well organized you are you know and their organization looks like my desk right now
0: well Speak, speaking of terrible grades, uh, Tommy Chacon um, still in limbo. Uh, he's down in Uruguay still. He's not up here with the uh, the team in March, uh, which I think can't remember what outlet Adrian he said that if he was still, if he was not in the first team in March or not on loan, it would be a failure. Um, I think it might have been the, the the Pioneer Press. Uh, fish wrap factory East side. Um, he said it would be a failure. And so it's a failure. Uh, he's still down in Uruguay. They're still trying to figure out a loan for him. We don't really need to talk too much about that. We do need to talk about um, Dan manifesting a thing in Nico Hansen, um, right winger and apparently savior of Minnesota United Dan, talk about, let's talk a little bit to us about Nico Hansen.
1: Yeah. So, so we're recording this on a Wednesday, which is atypical for us. Uh, usually it's on a Monday. I forgot to update my calendar. So I blocked off a bunch of time to do the pod, which I turned into research time and so started kicking through, you know, players I thought would be easily available uh, for the loons to get. So it looks through all of the MLS free agents, which we can talk about at some point and, uh, but uh, if you guys know the Nietzsche quote, sometimes he's, when you stare in the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. This is the abyss he was talking about. It is a miserable group of players. Uh, <laughs> unless unless you, unlike me, really still believe in Fernando Adi. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, I finished that. I, I, I went through and, and looked at players out of contract, which is different than MLS free agents because uh mls has a very weird thing where if you make a potential free agent a bona fide offer um, there you still retain their rights in some capacity despite the fact that they're out of contract i want to know who who chooses what a bona fide offer is because if my choices are uh, you know go away and never play for this team ever again zero dollars or go die in a hole I'm, I'm just going to leave for no money. That's, you know, but that's not really a bona fide offer. Anyway, Houston made Nico Hansen, a bona fide offer. So he was on a, uh, on a second list of players. So I was kicking around his, uh, who scored profile and, uh, they came up with a pretty scathing condemnation of him, which I tweeted out, which is this player has, uh, no significant strengths. And as an attacker, his weaknesses are shooting, passing and defensive contribution. And, um, that's that's most of being a soccer player, guys. Are, are those three things?
0: That was like a fucking winner to me, buddy.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so that was that was Monday night. Uh, by Tuesday afternoon, we had the rumor, and uh, it was confirmed this afternoon, although it hasn't been made official yet, that uh, Nico Hansen, late of the Houston Dynamo, is going to be the the newest Loons player.
0: So, so my so let me stop you there, Dan. I, I just want to throw this in there because I think everybody who listens to this podcast was like. Houston attacker who we want on Minnesota United FC. Everybody's like, fucking a Christian Ramirez. And then Minnesota United was like, fuck you, Nico Hansen, bitch. <laughs> like in that, uh, you know, Jesse Pinkman voice from breaking bad. Well, <laughs> he dies at, at or He doesn't die at the end of breaking bad. He's almost dead at the end of breaking bad, but, um, yeah, because they're like bitch and then they're like they they say give you they give you Nico Hansen. Um well, so what does this guy provide to Minnesota United, Dan?
1: So look, you take the who scored scouting report on him and it like you're kind of preparing for the worst with this guy. And honestly, like I'll be 100% frank here. I was ready to go in and just absolutely pan this signing. Uh you know, rag on it. And and the one big element that is still floating out there is we haven't seen a return. We don't know what Minnesota United traded for this player. Um, I can't imagine. It's a ton.
0: All right. Can we stop? I'm going to stop you right there. He's a fucking right winger. So this means Robin Lude is playing on the goddamn left.
1: I, I don't, I don't think that makes this
0: move even worse, Dan, even worse.
1: (laughs) So, Yeah. uh, Don't let anyone tell you that Nico Hansen can play on the left. He played about 60 minutes there this year, uh, which makes him only slightly more of a left wing than it makes him a center back where he played 13 minutes this year. (laughs) Uh, um, But look, so I I dug into the numbers on him. Um, Thanks to, to FB ref, his top five comps for the last year are Johnny Russell, Jordan Morris, Ariel Lasseter, his teammate, Curie Shelton, and, the aforementioned Robin Lude. Uh, He is a very willing shooter. Uh, He's not particularly good at it, but he's happy to try. Uh, Again, if you're thinking somebody, he has a tendency to shoot from pretty close to the top of the box. Uh, So if you think about uh, Ethan Finley, Robin Lude, when he's playing on the left, that sort of tendency to to fire pretty quickly as soon as they get in the box, that you're not too far off with with Hansen's play style. Little bit snake bit last year. Um, great dribbler, legitimately one of the better dribblers in MLS. Um, 88th percentile in total dribbles, 82nd in progressive dribbles. So he gets the ball and he moves it downfield. Uh, just an absolute horseshit passer, though. Uh, <laughs> he's the 27th percentile of of passers. But it, so, but, if we,
0: but if we have uh, Reynoso, do we need him to
2: pass?
1: Exactly. So, so so I think that's thing, David,
2: David, if he dribbles by two players and he can't shoot himself, how is he going to use the space advantage that he just created by dribbling by two other players and give it to someone like a Lude or a Reynoso or whoever we get to score? Agadello, how is he going to get the ball there if he's not going to shoot on the net himself and shoot well? He's got to pass it.
0: That was, that was my whole fucking point with my, my most recent question.
1: So I, do you guys remember the first part of last season? So Lude's playing on the right and he scored like two or three goals in three or four consecutive games. And it was just constantly keepers were parrying the ball, like right to his feet. And he was banging the ball home from there. I think I legitimately think part of the goal of bringing in Lassiter is having someone that will shoot from outside the box that will force keepers into kind of those awkward saves and that the, so that they will spill the ball at the feet of Juan Agadello or Robin Lute. Uh, I, I legitimately think that's part of the strategy here. Um, here's, here's where I land. If Nico Hansen were a bona fide left wing player, I'd actually love this signing. I think it's completely fantastic but the truth is he can't play over there. And I'm curious to hear assuming the trade is official, uh, you know, Thursday or Friday. I'm, I'm interested to hear from Adrian Heath kind of what their thought is on where he fits into the picture. Now, maybe, maybe he's a depth option. We know Robin Lude's going to get called up to the Finnish national team for the euros. So maybe he plays behind Ethan Finley out in the right. Um, he can play through the middle a little bit. Again, don't put too much stock in that. He's not very good at it. Um, Look, if he weren't a right winger, I think this would be a great signing. But he's a fucking right winger, so we have to view this with the loons added a piece that's going to be no higher than third on the depth chart. And look, it's not a it's not a bad signing. It's just for a team that so clearly needs a a striker and b a left winger in either of those things.
0: And Um, the the one piece a a backup left winger and d a backup backup left winger like. (laughs) jesus fucking christ man I, I, uh, I get it you don't you don't get to And Dan, you've mentioned this before like you don't get to like make the signings you always want right away and all that but it just uh, the 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 optics are not great if if we started this we don't season. have a fucking left winger unless unless again unless fucking robin ludes playing on the left wing
2: which we
1: don't have a left winger
2: is a fucking we don't have a left winger <laughs> Sorry MJ if we, if we started this season tomorrow I would and and Adrian Heath said MJ you're picking the lineup why would he say this to me I don't know you're picking the lineup but it has to be a 4231 we're not doing a 433 we're not doing a 3521 a 3512 we're we're going to do a uh 4231 of one cuz that's the formation I know and that's the formation I coach I would say put put Hassani Dotson at the left wing. He would be with the I current guess. loss we have now, my left winger. Yeah. He he
0: won't he won't be there for the start of the season. So I guess.
1: Hope hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Well no, yes, actually technically he
0: could be there for the start of the season. He just will, will not have played in preseason all of them. Um Hopefully they, they are there in the final of the uh, tournament in Mexico and uh, which we'll talk about a little bit and uh, he could be there. He could be there for the start of the regular season. So
1: the one thing that gives me a ton of hope with this signing is uh, Jerry Zagoda's write-up of it, which was pretty short because it's not like the team was offering any comment. They can't tap up a player. They haven't signed officially uh, is he made multiple references to the fact that this did not preclude the team from signing either a left winger or an attacking or an attacker. And they fully intended to use one or two DP slots. So my hunch is that this comes directly from Chris Wright, uh, who is almost certainly Jerry's source back from both of their old days with the Timberwolves uh, saying, yep, we got a player we liked. We think he's an interesting fit if we honestly, and, and this is a fair analysis, if they raised his shots on target percent by like five to six, which is entirely doable, they have a damn good attacking piece that they can then turn around and trade for value or, or keep a hold of because Ethan Finley's no spring chicken. So look, this is actually a pretty good signing. It's just frustrating as fuck.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, MJ, you have some thoughts on uh patch Guaya?
2: I don't have any thoughts. Charles okay. Bohm of NLSsoccer.com has some have some points. Okay. Patrick Uh Charles Bohm released an article of the top five new homegrown players to watch. And the first one he lists is Patrick Way. And no, Patrick, I think it's gonna be, I think.
0: We might see him in a Minnesota United uh, shirt by the end of the year, honestly.
2: Especially if we need to just say, hey, why don't you try playing left wing? Dan, thoughts? Right.
1: I mean, his cousin can do it. Maybe (laughs) they can, like, do a training camp thing where they can both, you know, Tim Uh, Tim can teach Patrick how to play left.
2: I thought it was hilarious in the article that, he screen grabbed a tweet that said some fan who says don't think he's related to tim and then he (laughs) goes on to explain that you know he's Tim's cousin and that we shouldn't hype him up to to that level but the best quote that i got from the from this whole article quote he may be sent out on loan this year and let's be honest minnesota Minnesota are not known for fast-tracking youngsters.
0: <laughs> yeah. Charles
2: Boom coming yeah. in with the heavy hitters. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hilarious. Um. The other. The other gem was. Wea has quote loads of raw natural talent unquote, in Adrian Keith's words. Which, well, uh, as the- far as heath's quotes go, not bad.
0: He's the striker whisperer. He want That's he wants bad. to he wants to mold that young boy into a thing.
1: The weird thing about Baum's quote, and obviously, like this is the the shades of Chicone, right? Is Minnesota is actually a pretty decent place for young players. I mean, Dotson got his chance, and Gasper jumped right into a starting spot. Ah, and...
2: uh, Ladi, Mason
1: Toy. Are you seriously going to blame Dunladi's failure on the team? Sure. Don't. <laughs> uh don't. That's not that's not how that went down. Uh <laughs> like it's it, it's just interesting to me how much how much of a pall the way that they've mistreated Thomas Chacon, or mishandled, I think it's probably the better term there. How badly they've mishandled him and how it has cast a pall over the entire team. Because I mean, this is the loons. We we have established in previous podcasts, loons actually draft super well. They get a ton of value from the draft, and they get those players into rotation fairly quickly. But they have this extremely glaring failure. Uh, one thing I'll be interested to see with Chacon is, uh, as long as we're we're touching on that, so he so he's down in Uruguay, uh, the Uruguayan league uh, match day fifteen is the end of their Clausura season. And that's March 27th. So I wonder if he's got, you know, a, a team he's going to end up playing with and they just need to wait for the f- official announcement until the end of the cluster and before the Apertura. So that's honestly my guess. Um, and at that point, this saga will not be over, but we will be into a new chapter of it.
0: Yeah. It's all, it's all kind of fucked, man. all right um let's we'll, we'll talk about our, uh, our our best 11 for missile united maybe next week and then we have a we have our full um mls preview podcast coming very very soon but let's uh let's jump into some very some very quick MOS MOS dramas um let's start with inner miami inner miami <laughs> kieran gibbs hey dan you're you're a fan of kieran gibbs Uh, i
1: like kieran gibbs man i'm
0: inner inner miami this year um he's probably not gonna be a dp i guess because you guys have eight dps now so how's that gonna work out
1: (laughs) uh I mean, Kieran Gibbs also isn't DP quality. Like, let's let's be honest. We're talking about a player who's struggling to get time at West Brom. That's not <laughs> a little different than Slatan coming over to the Galaxy,
0: or Blaze Matuidi, or <laughs> or is Ryan Shawcross?
1: Did he was he a DP?
2: Yes, yes, he was.
1: <laughs> Despite the fact that he was going to retire before uh, Bex called him out of the blue, <laughs> yeah.
2: I-, I can just imagine Beckham saying, "Okay." They're not buying this Blaise Matuti set. Who who can we sign that isn't gonna raise a red flag on not actually being a DP with like tons of cam money that we hand under the table that really isn't cam money? It's like Beckham bucks instead of Garber bucks. Who can we get in there? Oh, th- this guy who's who's struggling at West Brom. Yeah, no one's gonna throw a stink about him. <laughs> no. I mean Beck- Beckham will get you
0: that uh, that Qatari money, buddy. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Uh, and then my other my, the other fun uh, M- uh MLS story the bet mGM uh, came out um Minnesota United is uh tied for 13th at plus 2500 with the la galaxy and the New England Revolution to win uh MLS this year uh it points bet has them has been united as the 16th favorite tied with intra Miami also at plus 2500. Uh, do you guys ever look at these odds? What were you, what would you, uh, are there any, I mean, i definitely would bet Minnesota United winning MLS at plus 2,500. Either of these odds, but do you guys have any other, any other thoughts?
1: It's just, it's so indicative of most of the betting houses, not really knowing what to do with MLS. Right. Uh, the amount of year to year variance in the league is almost unparalleled in terms of world soccer, But you can see that these betting houses are really convinced that the more things change, the more they're going to stay the same. I mean, your top five odds are LAFC, the Sounders, Columbus Crew, NYCFC, and the Union and Toronto tied. LAFC, maybe? I'm not betting any of those other teams. The Union are going to be terrible having lost Aaronson and some of their other younger players. Whatever, we don't need to get into that. So, like they just, they truly have no idea how to set odds for this league, which means there's a ton of arbitrage opportunities, but look, until Minnesota United get at least one of a striker or a left wing and ideally both, I'm not throwing any money at this. This is a, this is a half constructed team as is.
2: I really like, uh Columbus crew at that number three spot at plus 900. They look like they actually got better this year. It's, Astonishing to me that odds betters and MLS pundits alike seem to give LAFC and New York City FC ratings based on media market share and the idea of what how good they could be. Like this is the platonic ideal of LAFC and New York City FC. This is this is how good they could be. This is how far they should run in a perfect world. And it just never, I mean, yes, we can't uh we can't predict that carlos vela is going to get injured but even then like grady our patreon subscriber grady says like you would still take the next five best attackers on lafc over a lot of other attackers in the league and they just shat the bed i mean so nothing against bob bradley and company or it's just it just astonishes me that those two teams get all the hype in the world in these sorts of rankings and and odds making
0: all right let's take a break when we come back we will talk uh u.s soccer we haven't talked us soccer in a while we'll talk u.s soccer when we come back you want me to be that type of dude and i want to be who you like me to but we right and we're back we're gonna talk some uh some u.s soccer news we have a lot of u.s soccer news uh biggest stuff happening uh will be happening actually today tomorrow for us today for everybody else who's listening to this podcast u.s 20 uh u.s u23 olympic soccer, soccer qualifying uh happens starting tomorrow um this is a a u23 team that Basically, the teams do not have to allow players to play for. So if the U.S. had actually a proper U23 team, they'd have maybe one of the best U23 teams in the history of the world. However, they don't have that. So um, let's talk a little bit about what is happening here. Uh, MJ, we have the uh, uh, Jackson Ewell is, uh, is the captain of the team.
2: Jackson Ewell is the captain, and for those that don't remember, he is a member of the San Jose Earthquakes. He is a Bloomington, Minnesota native, and not Minnesota United homegrown. And I may or may not have a chip on my shoulder about them not drafting him instead of Abu Dimani.
0: Team easily could have drafted him or, uh, you know, done a uh, youth program and, you know, wrapped him in there how uh, however he is the captain of the team uh and the matches kick off uh tomorrow today uh thursday the 18th costa rica at 4 30 p.m uh they played the dominican republic at 6 p.m on sunday and then mexico on uh the 24th of march at 8 30 p.m the semifinal. Winners, so the the top two uh, of each group advance to semifinals. Semifinal winners advance to Tokyo, and then they play the finals on the, I think it's the thirty first. I think MJ, you del- deleted what I was trying to put there. Anyways, this is a team that should qualify for the Olympics. Uh, unfortunately, they are they are stuck in a, in a really hard group with uh Mexico and Costa Rica. Costa Rica probably having one of their best U twenty three rosters ever. So.
1: Yeah, it's it's deeply unfair that the U.S. is in this group, which they could do anything from win to finish about third uh, when Canada squares off against El Salvador, Haiti and Honduras, who just aren't quite at that same level. Um, So if Canada doesn't qualify, that'll be there will be cause for a national inquest. If uh, if the U.S. doesn't qualify I get that people are sick of the excuses, but this is a legitimately excellent group. Um, but for as good as the program is, is right now, particularly in the youth ranks, I, I think anything less than qualification should be considered a failure, even despite the talent of the reg- the group around them.
0: It, it, this is still a really good, really good group um, that they should, that this group should qualify regardless. So,
1: one interesting thing before we get too far afield of this is in Greg Burhalter's, or sorry, um, Jason Price's, uh press conference after he picked the team, he did single out Hassani Dotson as a player he was particularly. Um, excited about and, and who we believe can make a contribution to the team so I think as I've pointed out before on this I love Dotson being on the U23s I love him being in the U.S. apparatus but his versatility makes me nervous because he's such an easy player to add to the roster and hey if somebody gets injured you put Hassani Dotson in there and it's totally fine but then not give them playing time and just always consider them sort of the, the, a sub or, or whatever but having Christ single him out and say hey like you know I think this guy is versatile and super talented and will add a lot to this team it gives me some hope that this isn't just Totson getting really good training minutes, but never seeing the pitch. I think he really will contribute to the U23s.
0: I, I, I literally think, uh, I've listened to several podcasts that talk you know, players on the, uh, the U20 team and every, oh, I say well, 70% of the, of the players, or the people say they think Sonny is going to get the start. Like, like the Sonny has done enough to demonstrate that he is a starter for the U23 team, which is a really good thing. And I think bodes well for him going forward. So MJ, what do you have?
2: I really like if depending on the formation, if they play a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 and you have Jackson, UL and, uh, Asani Dotson as the two center midfielders or two out of the three center midfielders, something like that. That's a great, that's a great midfield. And I have hated on <laughs> Jason fucking Christ plenty of times on this podcast, mainly because of his very, uh, worse than Heath, uh, antic glance, um, post game after playing a Minnesota pro team that he either played for or coached. Um, in the open cup but i think someone like jason christ is perfect fit for a u.s men's u23 roster this is his fit please don't put him in mls anymore don't even put him in usl championship anymore like let him be a national team coach he loves the united states he loves these players regardless of what clubs they came from he doesn't have any loyalties to or favoritism but, you know he's he does he's not hating on hasani dotson because he comes from a team that you know beat his team a bunch of times or something like that he doesn't he, he just loves the united states he wants to see the u.s and succeed and i think this is a good football
0: all right so uh u.s men's national team the u23 olympic roster uh kicks off tomorrow or today at 4 30 against costa rica uh they play 6 p.m on the 21st which is sunday against so the Dominican Republic, and on uh, the 24th, which would be next Wednesday against Mexico, the semifinals on the 28th. The winners of the semifinals go to Tokyo. So, yeah, good good luck on the US U23 national team. So. Uh other US women's national team news, US Women's National Team announced they're gonna do uh international break friendlies with Sweden uh on four on April tenth uh in Stockholm against Sweden and then on uh the thirteenth in April of April in La Havre with uh France. So oh be fun. Two good games. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, do, do doing your friendlies in, in uh in Europe is is a is a bold move cotton
2: I like this I like not playing Haiti or Bahamas or you know Guatemala no offense to any of those teams but and not to say that playing a geographically closer rival like Canada Jamaica Mexico wouldn't be a tough challenge but this is a great this is great to know where you stand this is also great to try to get players from um, Europe, right? If, if that's a shorter travel, if you're playing in Germany as a U.S. men's national team player or England, I don't know who I'm thinking of here, but, or Italy, you know, kind of good. Maybe a better chance of getting those players.
1: Yeah. One of the most interesting battles for the men will be uh, up at Stryker with how hot Daryl DK is for Barnsley. Uh, the the men finally actually have some depth there so it'll be interesting to see exactly how they they get around uh for the women yeah i think this is all about making sure that you're seeing rose lavelle chrissy Mewis, um the rest of the the american players that have gone over um and and really playing pretty close to a full strength squad if you're gonna play if you're gonna play france and sweden there's no point for either side playing it anywhere that you can't get a full strength side because like, Oh look, like we played the second best team in the world and we played with two starters and a whole bunch of people that we were interested in getting minutes for like, yeah, well that's, that's not going to go super well. Is it so I like, I like all of these friendlies, honestly Uh, it is, it is an aggressive choice not to be able to, not to play a single friendly in your own hemisphere.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's, let's jump past the U.S. We'll talk about the U.S. men's national team next week when we do the podcast again. Sure, man. Um, yeah, better know loon MJ. You are you are, you're doing player X again for us, which is uh, which I'm a little freaked out about.
2: But after the last one, but this this one will not be as traumatic let, for you. David. Let, let's go. This is not a player that you sleep next to every day.
0: Well, that's a uh, that's could be several players.
2: (laughs) Welcome to MJ's not so stupid facts. This is uh, where the rules are made up and the points sort of matter. This will be a quiz for the two of you. um, True or false. This is revenge on David having uh, given me Phil Neville fun facts solely because Phil Neville played for Everton and thinking that I would be some Phil Neville trivia genius. So uh, last Friday, March 12th, was Tyler Miller's birthday. True. Happy birthday, Loon, goalkeeper extraordinaire, penalty, uh, penalty kick-saving goalkeeper, Tyler Miller. True. Um,
0: so I win. True.
2: Okay. I have six questions here. Uh, thinking of a number between 0 and 19 inclusive. So one of you pick a number between zero and 19. It used to be pick a number between zero and nineteen. And then it's 13. what? 13. what 13? thirteen. Zero. It was nineteen, so Dan wins. Um Dan, uh you will you will uh do you want to go first in questions uh first one, three, five or first in questions two, four, six?
1: Uh I'll start this off. Give me one, three, five.
2: Okay. True or false tyler miller is six feet four inches tall false david
0: i mean i guess i gotta go true
2: david gets one point true david your your first this question junior year in college miller was injured for more games than he had shutouts
0: his junior year of college
2: Junior year in college, Miller was injured for more games than he had shutouts. False.
1: Dan? I'm going I'm to also say false.
2: You are both correct. Junior year, Miller was injured for five games and had eight shutouts. Okay, Dan, to you. In Tyler Miller's senior year, he was voted unanimously Big Ten Goalkeeper of the Year. Uh, false. David?
0: I'm also going to go false.
2: Uh, Double stumper. It was true. Okay, David. Tyler Miller was drafted in the first round of the Super Draft. False. Dan? True. David wins again. False. Tyler Miller was drafted in 2015 in the second round. Of the super draft. Dan, to you tyler What's, miller uh, grew up in woodbury false david true no, was Z- zeller gets it yeah! yeah tyler miller grew up in woodbury new jersey
1: oh
2: yeah <laughs> <question>. that motherfucker. <laughs> okay uh number six uh zeller this is for you after being drafted by the Sounders, Tyler Miller played eight games in Europe before playing one game with the Seattle Sounders dose. Seattle Sounders, what? Two. After being drafted by the Sounders, Tyler Miller played eight games in Europe be- before playing one game with the Seattle Sounders, two.
0: Oh, I mean, true. Whatever. I win.
1: You, you do, sort of by definition, unless this is like a secret six-point question, uh, but also false.
2: Uh, it's true. Uh, he played 10 games, which actually by math includes eight games. He played 10 games with a German team, uh, let me sure I get this right, Zweibrucken, and he signed with them before then coming back to the U.S. and signing with the Seattle Sounders who drafted him.
0: Suck my dick,
2: Dan. No, Scheller wins the first NJ's uh, not so stupid facts competition. I win, Um,
0: I win hard. <laughs> uh,
2: Another bit of trivia that I found out in digging facts about Tyler Miller. He okay. did win unanim- unanimously the goalkeeper, the Big Ten Goalkeeper of the Year for playing for Northwestern University his senior year, which is 2014 in 2014 do you know who won the big 10 defensive player of the year and either if either of you know this hats off to you but all right well, it was definitely not
0: ike opara because i was playing in the acc so it
2: Aaron uh It Long? was nico boxall nico boxall played in for northwestern university and won defensive player of the year on the same team that Tyler Miller played. Nico Boxel is the younger brother of Michael Boxel. Wow!
1: Instead of
2: instead of playing for New Zealand teams and then Australian teams and then coming over to the U.S., Nico has had a more aggressive career development. He went from New Zealand pretty much straight to Europe, where he played. Um, well imagine this for one lower fourth division uh the same team that probably miller signed for in 2015 and then he put he struggled in uh kind of third division for a while and then first division finland then to second division denmark in a like could could be pretty big deal, and uh, he's now, uh, Nico Boxall is now playing in First Division Finland again. For, so wait, does that
1: mean he's playing against uh, Damien Lowe? Is Damien Lowe still in Finland?
2: That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that question because I'm not done with my spreadsheet for this year. <laughs> anyway. All right. Daniel <laughs> Hohen, uh, Yellow back of course. So, otherwise known as uh, SJK. All the, all the English speakers will know this Finnish team as just SJK because Finnish names are wrong.
1: No. You know who uh, who Damian Lowe is playing for? Who? Phoenix Rising. He's in USL. He switched Actually, over at the really very end of last season.
2: That's a really good fit for him. I mean, other than, you know, the whole mess with San Diego Loyal that we won't go into now.
0: All right. Well, what's Let's jump to Minneapolis city and a uh, there's junior summer camps happening for Minneapolis city. MJ, can you tell us a little bit about those?
2: Yeah. uh, So just like Tom Cruise's wives, Minneapolis city keeps getting younger and younger and Minneapolis city is starting some junior summer camps led by their own players, Jonah Garcia and Medo Youssef. Other Minneapolis City players and coaches will be on staff to help and assist. Boys and girls ages five through 13, all levels premier through recreational. They have three dates and locations, June 14th through 18th at uh, Parade Park, Minneapolis, June 21st through 25th, National Sports Center in Blaine, and July 12th through 16th, Eden Prairie High School. I assume these are all Monday through Fridays. And so you can get rid of your soccer playing children for five days out of the summer, hallelujah, why not do this? It is um, $310 for full day and $185 for a half day, that's for the whole week. Doing some math, 310 for a week, uh, five days, uh, drop down to one, that's $62 a day for full day and $37 um, a day for a half day so pretty good deal
0: 62 bucks is a, is a really good bottle of vodka
2: also this is although this is more expensive than having the daves you know coach your kids at soccer this is a way better deal
0: i will coach your kids for lessons than, less than a bottle of
2: vodka for a day yeah 100 um. percent too, but <laughs> i will yell at them and And rather than encourage them and build their self-esteem and like improve their soccer skills, they'll get better at cussing and broomball. All right. I think honestly Uh,
1: you would be better off buying the vodka for your children than having us coach them at soccer.
0: Probably,
2: probably. Um, Uh, You can find more about this at https: colon slash slash mplscitysc.com slash summer camp. If you – have kids in soccer, and this is something in that age group, again, ages 5 through 13. Go ahead and do it.
0: NWSL 2021 Challenge Cup is back. They announced their schedule. Um, Kicks off April 9th. Uh, Games are going to be in home markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be on CBS SN, Paramount Plus, and the finals are going to be on um, Big CBS. So if you want to watch the best soccer, probably you can actually probably watch in the minutes in the United States right now. Um, definitely do that. Uh, MJ, you have a, uh, you have a couple other uh, world soccer notes.
2: This past weekend was supposed to be the big uh, French women's league. It is uh division. Uh, Un Feminine, I believe. And. It was supposed to be the big matchup. Olympic Lyonnais is not running away with it this year. PSG is giving the run. In fact, PSG is, is in first place by one point. Problem, five players and was it four players and one assistant staff or five players and one assistant staff of PSG got COVID. So their games have all been like postponed or canceled now. Um, they had a game today that was supposed to be a UEFA Women's Champions League game against Sparta Praha. That is postponed. And even though they won 5 0 at home, I'm sure Sparta Praha is not going to say, well, yeah, you guys win. You guys go on to the quarterfinals. And we don't want to play at our home stadium because that's something that Sparta Praha probably wants to happen, regardless of the score. So I don't know when they are going to get back to playing, but. This is a heated match again. Uh, only one point separates them in the table. Whoever wins that game is winning the French league because those two teams just care through everybody else in that division. There's maybe one other team that's clearly in third, but there's a big drop off between second and third in that uh, French women's league. Uh, UEFA, UEFA has the official word saying the issue will be discussed by its disciplinary body. And let me just tell you that whatever gets discussed at UEFA. It isn't going to be that the PSG women's team forfeits their UEFA Champions Women's League and their their uh, league matches, their French League. Match. That's not going to happen as much as I want it to.
0: All right. Thanks for that update. And then uh, this is a, a question for Dan. Um, Dan should we be focused on how many goals the ageless Chris Wondolowski of the San Jose earthquakes scores this year? If so, can we call it Wando vision?
1: Uh, I think we absolutely should. Uh, I honestly, if Wando scores more than like five goals this year, I'll be a little bit surprised, but uh you know what? He is, he's an ageless wonder. More power to him, and we absolutely... Every time we talk about Chris Wondolaski from here on out, we'll call it Wanda Vision.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Is he, he an ageless should.
2: wonder or an ageless Wando? Little of column A, little of column B? Yeah.
0: No, he's just fucking Wando Vision, MJ. Why the fuck are you fucking this up, man? I mean...
2: Just he's just Vision. Li-
0: just,
2: just because he's a living Marvel hero, I mean...
0: You you understand the the whole point of WandaVision was that it was Wanda television. Vision was not actually a part of it, it was Wanda Vision, Wanda Television, WandaVision, WandaVision, WandaVision.
2: I think you're not giving Paul Bettany and Vision enough credit in in this whole- no, I'm
0: giving I'm giving you all the credit because he's gonna be back. It's WandaVision. It's Wanda's whole arc of things. Sorry guys. Sorry for spoiling uh the Marvel Universe for you. Uh all right. Gritty asks, where the fuck is our DP striker? If we start with Juan Agadello, I'm just going to be very a very angry camper. That's that's not a question. That's just like a statement. The uh
1: the the where the F is our DP striker is is the question. Yeah. At this point, it would surprise me a little bit if that's where United choose to spend their DP. I think they'll probably get a, D- a DP winger and, and figure that between Agadello and Hansen and Foster Langsdorf might be great. Who knows uh, that they can they can ride with that for a little bit. Um, left wing is where they can't they can't really afford to. Stumble. I mean, like, Agadella can play on the left, kind of, but you're really miscasting him there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, at this point, I don't know. I, one thing we haven't really covered that I think is actually worth pointing out is whereas the transfer window would usually be starting to be a worrisome part of this conversation because of COVID, because of how screwy everything is, it's open until June one this year. So the team wants to get those players in soon so that they can get them integrated, that's obvious. But if they open the season without one, that doesn't mean that they won't, they can't turn around and sign one May 1st, April 17th, whatever it is. Um, So it's just a little bit of a wrinkle this year that is gonna, it's just screwy, that's all.
2: Considering the, the most of the UEFA calendar They should just have that transfer window open until June 1st, every, every season.
1: You won't get any pushback from me. I think it's a great idea.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I guess then finally, finally, how do you feel about the current and UFC roster? How would you feel uh, if this is the roster through June, July, it's a time to panic hashtag panic. I'm always guys, you, I'm always down for panicking. I have a a fucking tattoo of a ha- hashtag panic, so I'm always down to panic. We should always be panicking because this team has done nothing to quell me of like like hey, don't panic because they've always just panicked all the all the time. So, um, I'll leave it to you guys. What do you guys say?
1: MJ, do you want to take this one?
2: Sure considering how long we waited for Reynoso and was he worth it? Did the scouting team do the right thing by scouting him out, doing that considering how long we waited for Robin Lude maybe you don't think that is in the same conversation but you know we were apparently scouting him for years. Like give this team a little bit more time. It's not quite time to panic yet, but I would so I'm with David it's Minnesota United, they're not organized. I've talked about this a lot, they're not organized. So always panic. But is the panic meter up this week more than last week just because they haven't signed a striker or left winger that we can see as a like all in all starter or expensive signing? No, we don't up the panic meter. It stays at the same moderately high panic that you always are as a Minnesota United.
1: I actually disagree this time around. Uh, I am starting to get worried about this roster. Uh, the it it has a little bit of a 2017 smell to me. Uh, players that you can kind of squint and see they're how how they're going to be used. A roster that's not totally in balance uh, and a lot of pressure being put on on younger players to come in and contribute right away. Uh, I think it's eminently solvable, uh, but. It's been eminently solvable with the exact same prescription that we've been giving literally since the season ended, uh, or perhaps more accurately since Kevin Molino uh, fucked off for Columbus. So, yeah, I, I am worried. And and part of the reason I'm worried is because all of the normal rules have stopped applying, right? Like. You can't just send Mark Watson down to Argentina or Ecuador and say, look, come back with a left wing and a striker or don't come back. Like, that's not how this works. You can't send a cadre of scouts to Europe and say, okay, go find us a player who's 18 in Portugal who, who we think is is worth the money we would have to, to pay to spring him. Like, all of those sort of fallback, like, Go see a bunch of talent. Uh, Luis Amaria is actually a really good example of this. If the team went down to scout somebody else and they ended up falling in love with this player who I think if he'd been healthy would have been a major contributor. None of that is happening. You have to be so much more purposeful about how you're scouting. And so getting to this point in the off season and a little bit of chatter that we've heard is that the team is kind of on plan C or plan D at this point, particularly for striker. So I I don't hate the Juan Agudelo signing, but I think that is an admission from the team that we literally have to have a warm body here and he's better than almost anyone else we can get in quickly. Um, so yeah, I, I, I am legitimately concerned. They're not going to bring well, yeah, it. panic. Hashtag panic. Uh, I am legitimately concerned that this is the team that we're going to see Not just for April, but really into May. And I think the lesson we learned, less from Reynoso, who's a singular talent, but for sure from Gregouche and from Lude, is it takes players time to adjust to MLS. So every week that goes by at this point is a week of the regular season. They're still going to be needing to find their footing in the league. Fuck, man. I'm a sorry. hater tonight. I'm sorry. sorry. Christian. I, I'm oh, no, but no, I'm not no. I'm not. I, I no. was high on Nico Hansen. So I just yeah. I gotta be I gotta do be not, a realist to uh to balance it out.
0: Do not do not apologize. Hashtag panic is, is real.
1: it's uh, it, it, it's a it's a legitimate
0: thing. And and the people like us who are who have embraced hashtag panic understand. We get you. We understand we're you know that's how we how we survive. That's how we just generally live life. So there's that.
2: I'm pretty sure part of the reason why I've survived through COVID is one, because of this podcast and our awesome listeners. And two, because my anxiety panic levels for being a Minnesota United fan were already so peaked that dealing with this COVID pandemic, it's just one more thing.
0: So, so if you want to write and review the podcast, uh just do that wherever you do that. Daves I Patreon.com slash Daves I know. Uh we had a we have a, a, a we had another new uh Patreon supporter this, this week, uh Bruce McGuire. Hey J- from John at a three dollar wow. three dollar level. Uh so yeah, patreon.com slash know patreon backslash the names I know. Uh, I we can always find generally me at uh, TDIKMN. I'm generally at Texas Zeller. You can see Dan at D Wade. MJ's at MJ Matsui. We are the names so you know this is. Yeah, uh, we, we do our thing, son Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son Who the act, we attract to? hope to reach one uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it We, we, we do our thing, son Some paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun It's mad work to be done uh, we, we do our thing, son right? I can't do it at all, y'all know we can't do nothing at all